Potter take Bryson DeChambeau getting beat up by a rope. Oh, man. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another round of Fits with the Founder. I'm your founder, Nick, and I'm here with Cassie. Ooh, I appreciate it. It's not a new episode. It's a new round. Yeah, I don't know. That just kind of came out when I was saying it. I'm like, man, I sound (laughs) really weird there, but I like doing something different every time. Just mixing it up, thinking about it. That was... uh, Okay. Early morning, like juice is flowing. I yeah, get it. it's chilly outside, which I appreciate. Perfect, it's perfect. Yeah. It's like uh, this is this is the best time of year, in my opinion, mm-hmm. when it's like you know the days are like 60s, 70s. The weather's beautiful. Oh, it's like Which, crisp and wonderful. I wish I had time to play golf. Yeah, same. We could just leave right now. Yeah, like forget I mean, the I'm, podcast I'm and just down. go. <laughs> I got so many meetings today. I would love to just say, you know what? <laughs> I'm out. Gone fishing, although gone golfing, I guess. But anyway. Okay, so we did have, I mean, even though we're getting into kind of like fall season here, we did have a, quite a bit of news since the last time we had yeah. one of these podcasts. We had a Presence Cup. We did. Which I think we all were kind of like, what's this thing going to be? Because all the other drama that's happened and players that weren't there. And I'll be honest with you, I did, I did have a chance to watch Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really get to watch anything else, but I got to watch Sunday and I actually thought it turned out pretty good. It was fine. It, yes, it was the year, the internet. Uh, this is what I'll say. The international team, knowing like only half the players on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically I've heard of all of them, <laughs> yeah. but like when you really think about it, you're like, well, where did I hear this name? Like, I don't really, I can't put a Other face Other than like name. Adam Scott, we're all kind of like, ah. Right, exactly. You're sitting there going, I know the name, I've heard the name, but I don't really know how they ended up in a presence cup. Right. And so that was, I guess, what it was. And they put up a better fight than I expected. Yeah. I mean, really you, t- you change one match on Friday or Saturday and that even gets you know really close Mm -hmm. so i was us team had to work for it we'll give them that but they i mean they were the better team on paper so it's not surprising that they came out and routed them i like max homna he's my guy i love homa he's so fun he has so much fun on the internet and stuff but uh yeah no i uh it's generally a good group of guys you know Mm -hmm. Listen, I, I would be lying if I said I missed some of the old guard being there. Sure. But um, maybe not a Patrick Reed, but like, you know, having a Dustin or a Phil or something like that there. But I, I mean, Phil probably would have only been a coach anyway. I didn't miss anybody on the U.S. side. So like I didn't miss Bryce and I didn't miss Dustin. I didn't miss Patrick. I think everybody that was there, most of the guys who were there this time around were also at the Ryder Cup at Whistling. So it was kind of like, I'm fine with the U.S. team. It was the internationals where I was like, Ugh. Scotty Scheffler. I mean, what happened to him? I don't know. He fell off the horse hard. He did. <laughs> what a great season. And then he goes and doesn't win one one point for the U.S. That's all right. Jordan Spieth. Then, oh, well, it. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's Jordan Spieth went five and oh, I guess he had a better year on tour this year. He did. He, he had, he did. you know, he had a better year on tour this year. He had had a couple lackluster years. Um, his wife with the baby there with the headphones Super on. Super cute. And they held up the baby like Simba. Sammy yeah. the Simba baby. Yeah. So cute. I like that. I don't know about the earphones. I think that or like the ear protection. I think that's a little dramatic, but. I think it's just because they're so close to like speakers and stuff because they're inside the ropes. I think that's why. As but. a father of three. I would have just been like, yeah, we got to figure oh, this God. out. When kids. Your kids putting... have ear damage by the age of 14. They would have never <laughs> worn them anyway. They would have had those things Throwing ripped off, off in yeah. two seconds. Uh, I can't even get them to wear socks <laughs> or shoes for that matter. I don't 
like shoes either. So you know what? I yeah. feel that. It's fine. I, I raise hillbillies. Oh, no. Um, this was our ninth win in a row. So the President's Cup is always kind of just like you expect the U.S. to win. Um, so this is... Oh, in a, Quail Hollow, I thought it was... A, it's a good golf course. I thought it, um, you know, put up a good fight. I, generally speaking, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. It was a sleeper, like, going into it. I'm like, oh, it's President's Cup week. Eh, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, as the Friday and Saturday kind of progressed, I'm like, okay. It wasn't as big of a blot as I think it was going to be. And I thought Sunday they put up a, I mean, listen, it was never really that close, but mm-hmm. TV makes it look like it was kind of close. Yeah. But I thought they put up a decent fight and there was a lot of emotion. Like, you know, you know, I thought like a lot of the people that you wouldn't think like Tom Kim. Sure. I think if you met Tom Kim, like on the street, you'd probably be like, that guy probably isn't as fiery as when you see him on a golf course. Sure. And so I appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, Jordan Spieth walking into the media tent, dancing with alcohol in both hands was fun. And like Kinzer. <laughs> like Joe Kisner rather joking around about like these guys can play golf, but they cannot hang with partying like yeah. that kind of stuff. The post stuff is super fun to see. Um, like Matsuyama's caddy, like pulled up his shirt and had all the U S team guys like sign his stomach, which was super fun. Like I did not see that. They That's just get lit afterwards and have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that. Uh, <laughs> Max Holman on Monday, he tweeted, I'm not I well. I am unwell. Or I'm unwell. <laughs> <laughs> and JT just retweet. retweeted retweet it. Like. It was so, yeah, they have a good time. I feel like it's not quite the same level of partying as the Ryder Cup. Like JT was like shotgunning beers on the first tee at the Ryder Cup. It was a whole different vibe. But like they all have a really good time. This is the end of their season. This is super fun. So I don't know. It was fun. I actually think the LPGA had better golf this weekend, though, which may be a hot take. I Okay, well, it could be. I, I don't really know. Like, I didn't have it. I barely got to watch. But I, I watched maybe an hour of Sunday. So I didn't even get to see what was going on in the LPGA. In fact, until we put it on the notes here to talk about it. And then I still cannot pronounce the name correctly. And I don't <laughs> want to botch it. It's a Taya. Yeah, it, yeah, I would have never gotten like that. Athea is like what it would look like, um, but phonetically, it's Ataya Titical is her name, the 19-year-old. I probably would have had more trouble with the second name, the last name, than the first name. Oh, Ataya, I think Ataya is such a pretty name. Um, but yes, yeah, she, she's a 19-year-old. She's now won twice um, on the LPGA Tour, and she defeated Danielle Kang in yeah, a playoff. Yeah, good, so good. Yeah, that's She played beat, some great golf. I was going to say, you beat a, you know somebody who's really good. Yeah. Um, and then, so Danielle Kane also like Kane, I don't know if everybody knows this, but, um, cause I just feel like the LPGA doesn't get as much airtime and we don't talk about him as much, but, um, she has basically been out for three months. This was her first start back after they didn't say what the treatment was. I assume it was surgery, but I don't know. She had a spinal tumor. So she had been talking early in the season about like back pain and her brother actually announced that she had a spinal tumor. So she went away for three months. She came back and almost won a tournament. So that's actually crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, so That's a pretty quick her. turnaround for, well, I mean, I don't know anything about a spinal tumor, so. Yeah, I don't and again, know. I, I don't know I, if it was it surgery. It sounds like, for a, as a non-doctor, it sounds like, <laughs> wow, that sounds bad. Yeah, that maybe sounds it's, terrible. Maybe it's, maybe it's not, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's not great, but, uh, yeah, it's good to see her back, and obviously one of the staples on the LPGA Tour. Yeah, she's wonderful. Constantly but it was winning, great. constantly doing all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we had non-tour news, well, non-PGA and LPGA tour news. Um, so, Charlie Woods, Tiger's little boy, out there uh, shooting a 68. Double- 
Ch- Tiger's doppelganger. For real, though. The club <laughs> like, twirl. Everything he does looks like his dad. He must just sit at home and watch old tournaments <laughs> of his dad all the time. Even sometimes you can watch, like, when he makes, like, the certain, certain mannerisms. Like, if you watch Tiger from behind, sometimes it's almost like a dad eye roll. Sort like, of. oh, my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. I what love are you, What are you them. doing? That's my move. <laughs> <laughs> he was caddying for Charlie. So um, it was, like, a junior national championship. Charlie tied for fourth. He didn't make it to the next round. But he shot a career low 68 because Tiger was on the bag. And Charlie is so fun. Like, they interview him afterwards, obviously, because it's Tiger Woods' son. Um, so even though we didn't make it to the next round, he was, like, the headline of this uh, event. And he his interviews even sound like Tiger. Like, the way that he talks and the way that he answers questions, it's so cute, and I cannot wait oh, to no, see this he is, like, Tiger 2.0. It's amazing. Yeah. I hope I don't get sick of it because I love Tiger so much and I hope he becomes Tiger 2.0. I don't know. That's a lofty thing to put on a kid that age. But uh, yeah, it is fun. And I will say this. This is my hot take watching some of that like uh, highlights and stuff that people got and sent, you know, you can find online and whatever. Tiger didn't exactly look the healthiest walking around. Maybe not. I'm not saying like like sometimes Tiger looks a little strung out, which gets me nervous, <laughs> like back before car accidents. I'm not saying that he looked healthy in that regard, but his movement, like his walking oh, and like everything. Stiff? Yeah, he looked. Yeah, he just looked. Mm. He moved like an old man in my. And, uh, sorry for that, Tiger, because I love you to death. <laughs> He's not it did. It okay. did not look. It did not look like he was like. You know, like he can just get up and walk every day like a yeah. normal human. Like I feel like he's like really more broken than what we probably all know. Look, if John Daly can still rip it, Tiger's gonna do just fine. That's different though. Tiger Daly doesn't get injured. He just rips darts, drinks. <laughs> I mean, he he don't he don't care. But he uh, Tiger's put some miles on his body. Yes, lots of so Daly's done in a different way. Um, you know, the heart may shut down someday or oh what all that kind of stuff. But like tigers just looks like painful sometimes. Yeah, he's got a very stiff, like robotic walk, but that's all right. He Charlie can take over for him and we'll still have a woods dominating. So it'll be fine. Um, we also had speaking of dominance, uh, we had a 14 year old make the cut on the Asian tour. So he is now the youngest male golfer to do this. Um, we've had like Lexi and some other people. I was going to say we've had a couple like uh, there's been a couple people similar that are older, like mm-hmm. at 15 or 16. This is the youngest now, but um, that have done it. Let's just see if he can uh, take this and harness it another name that's hard to pronounce it's like it's uh hia chang Wei. yeah which never in a million years with the spelling of that would i phonetically pronounce that correctly but um yeah so that's i mean just lots of young talent out there even on when we're talking about the president's cup a lot of those guys are super young so pretty much everything that happened on the pga tour and the other surrounding tours this week was dominant and very based in youth golf which was awesome um i thought we were gonna get out of this week without any live tour news but some stuff dropped today so we can address it um, the antitrust lawsuit that uh, players and now the Live Tour filed against the PGA Tour. Phil Mickelson is the latest person to drop out of it. So there were 11 players. There are now only four. Bryson is one of them. So sounds like that's losing steam. Uh... I don't think, well, the lawsuit? Yeah. Well, the lawsuit was just, I mean, listen, I don't pay attention to lawsuits because as a person that's had to been through a couple, they, there's a lot of like, um, I call it peacocking in, <laughs> in, uh, in lawsuits, you know, put those chest feathers up and whatever. I don't think anybody actually ever thought that that was going to win. I mean, it's not even it going was, to trial. Until it was, it was a way to like, just divert attention to another area. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, I that holds no stock to me. We have a live tour event next week. We do. Bangkok. Um, the, the bigger deal. So the, the next event, there's like a couple more for before the end of their season. Um, 
But the live media deal is more of a like it's more of a news piece now because they've announced it without announcing it. So it's really going to be Fox Sports is what it sounds like. So by the time this podcast comes out, we may know for sure, but it's being reported that it's Fox Sports. Um, And the reason that's a a big deal, there's two reasons, actually. One is because Fox kind of told them like, hey, we don't like the format for your season finale. Because the season finale was going to be only two teams duking it out for the $50 million prize, which would have only been eight players. And Fox yeah. was like, no, we need to get well, like everybody and the on other it. thing is, is they're going to do it during football season. Right, which was So, dumb. you know, Fox being a big football, I mean... Right. That's my problem during this time of year. Do I watch football or do I watch well? You know, that was like Sunday. I'm like vigorously last, 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 <laughs> going between the Bears, which are painful, but they're yeah. two, two and one. But painful. I think they have 293-some yards through the air in three games. That's about as pathetic. Sorry, Justin Fields, with your comments last week, you have lost me as a fan. Not that you've probably had me. He says this Um, week, in two weeks, we're going to talk about how great the Bears are. Like... We'll never talk how great the Bears are <laughs> until the McCaskies sell. But uh, I am a diehard loyal fan, so I ride or die with it. There you go. My part, my I just I'm a realistic to person. Like there's only so much we got to start getting that air game going. Uh, so we won't go. We're not a Bears podcast, so we'll, we'll that's okay. On. We can. We people can fast forward. It's okay. No, I just I yeah. I have they're, nothing they're to add to so it. So frustrating. Um, yeah, whatever. We're gonna move on. I just didn't like it. I think we need. You know, we 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 just keep not finding great talent. We keep not. We're finding ways to win games because I think our new coach is actually halfway decent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we need a QB. I QB agree. one. We need a QB one. I watched golf this weekend instead of football, so I have nothing to add to this. <laughs> Actually, I watched uh, the Cowboys Giants. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, Danny, our producer, thinks about this. Cooper Rush, I would sign in two seconds for the Bears right now. Mm. Put Fields on a bench and get me Cooper Rush. If that's not an all-time QB name, like you name your kid Cooper Rush, he's going to be a QB. That's why you want it because of the name. No, he's good, too. Oh, I was like, oh, my God. Although there's an argument that without a better O-line, the Bears O-line comparatively to the Cowboys O-line, that I could be, you know, pumping him up. But somebody that fiery, like, I just want, like, that. I think that, like, Fields gets until after next season for me. Because, like, that will be three years into the experiment. We're going to try and get O-linemen and, and weapons for him between now and then. Um... And the only reason Cooper rushes it where he's at right now is because Dak got hurt. So, like, maybe a hundred percent. Maybe there's some like backup, like kind of. But Tom Brady was a backup, so yeah, and got his opportunity. I so you, you never know with that kind of stuff. But I'm still in on fields. Wow, I'm not. Mm. I'm officially off. Uh, I don't care. My problem was is the comments he made and whether they were correct or not. And you can argue with me all you want. That guy's been in the spotlight for so long. And they can go, oh, he's a young guy. He just answered the question wrong. was taken out of context. Yeah, boo-hoo-hoo-hoo. You, <laughs> you, you've made millions of dollars since you were a high school player because you were one of the best players sure. in the country. You're spoiled. You're entitled. You're all these things. Show me what you got on the field, kid. That's all I care about. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Hottest take we had today was not involved with <laughs> no, golf. No, hotter take. Bryson DeChambeau getting beat up by a rope. Oh, man. I mean. That rope took him down. I, he did take a knee. 
It was very <laughs> dramatic. I, I retweeted it. I, so like, look, Bryson used to be one of our, our brand ambassadors. So in my soul, it still hurts me a little bit to like clown on him, but he kind of I don't care it. who you are. <laughs> I'm clowning on you. When you get taken out by a rope. When you get taken and act like he did. I don't have a problem with Bryson. I've never, you know, like I said, he was a brand ambassador. I, I mean, I think oh, there's, I love Bryson, yeah, I think but. there's things that he does that others don't do that are amazing for the game. Whatever you can have your, but he got taken out by a rope. No. Okay. So, but the thing about this that made it so much more epic was whoever initially tweeted the video made the conscious decision to do it in slow-mo so we could watch him react to getting slapped in the face I mean, it and was, go down to a knee. It was, uh, I, I, I couldn't stop watching it. It was hilarious. Yeah. I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. I wanted to watch it 500 times. I probably did watch it 500 <laughs> times. I just kept going, what? <laughs> he just got taken out by a rope. And yeah. not only did he get taken out by a rope, I've never seen somebody react like that. I think he thought he lost an eye. I think, yeah, I think he thought he was dead. Like he was <laughs> like crossing his head just to got the other taken side. Off. Yeah. So then I wake up this morning and I'm scrolling through the ins- the interwebs. And mm-hmm. now, you know, because everybody's like, why hasn't he come out? And like, it's been over a week. He hasn't commented on it. He hasn't done yeah, anything. I think the internet's been away. having a great time. Well, then this morning, did you see the video? So he's at the long drive, Danny. You saw oh, it. I did see that. And, <laughs> and they put the rope up and he went under the rope and he did like a Rocky thing. Like, mm-hmm. like he had just beat the rope. And I'm like, you should have so done that cringy. literally like three. You would have made it better if you would have done it three days before that. Maybe. I just think it was I feel cringy. like it's too dead now, but oh my God, we hadn't talked. It, that was. <laughs> it was rough. Uh, yeah, he got. I still want to go back. I, you know what? I may go watch that. <laughs> just like some serotonin for your Yeah, it's just so funny. Like he just like you could totally see like, what are you paying attention to? Okay, maybe you lost your, sure, you know, he, whatever. Like, tripped or whatever. So then he, he gets hit by the rope, but the whole going to a knee and throwing the the grabbing the towel or whatever. And I'm just like, what are you two? Yeah, it was ridiculous. My tweet when I retweeted it was like, this has major Vince McMahon getting into a WWE ring vibes. Cause there was a point back in That's the day when he got in and, and literally pulled both of his quads and couldn't walk. To me, like, if oh. there was one headline we did not want to miss for two weeks, it's that for me. It was, that was really the only headline from live Chicago anyway, if we're being honest. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, well, there was more that you're right. Headline. I actually did watch it. I don't know. Well, we didn't talk. Since no, we was, yeah, this is two weeks. So yeah. I, that was the first one I ever watched. Mm-hmm. And the reason I watched it was because it's at a course that I've played mm-hmm. a couple times. So I thought it'd be interesting to see how the pros played it and how they set it up for the pros. So I watched Sunday. I will say a couple takeaways. One, the team event was more fun than I expected it to be. Sure. Uh, the leaderboard for that is wild to watch live mm-hmm. because you can have three guys on your team make a birdie all at once, basically. And it's just like, boom, they shoot up and yeah. you're like, wait, where'd they come from? Mm-hmm. And so, and I did feel like the sense that these people, these players liked playing on the team and the team event is important to them. Sure. And when I start, they were talking about it on the broadcast and I started to understand it a little bit was they all have equity in this team. So then they get earned different. And so I get it now. And that was actually more compelling than I ever thought it was going to be. Sure. I like the, I don't, I haven't watched any of the other events. This event worked out very well because I always wondered, I like the shotgun start idea because I like the idea because everybody's attention spans and sports. Like you watch that thing. It's like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. And I like it that I don't have to spend the whole day watching golf. Off, like there's just this like four and a half hour, five hour window. So I was a big fan of it, but I couldn't figure out how it really worked on Sunday because if you wouldn't want to have one guy finishing on one, the winner finishing on one sure. and whatever. So they do jockey the position. So like the people towards the lead are teeing off at one. So they finish on 18. Sure. Makes sense. 
but I was thinking about like, I guess people aren't going to come from way behind. So you could have a chance that a winner finishes on 15 or unlikely, or, but it's less likely, it's probably less likely than we expect. Yeah. And so I, I actually thought it was, and I thought like that tournament was pretty interesting. Uh, Cam had it down. I thought Cam was probably going to win that the whole day. Um, but there was some pretty good stuff. I, I was pleasantly surprised again. I probably won't tune in again because mm-hmm. I don't want it. The streaming trying to find it on my DMTV and all this stuff, like <laughs> until they get whatever. It's going to be Fox Sports, but what's weird about it? So, right, I think they're still going to stream on their website and YouTube. So, what they're doing now is going to maintain, but Fox Sports is instead of paying them a rights fee, which is kind of what you would do with like the PGA Tour, like Golf Channel pays them a rights fee to be able to display their product. Instead of doing that, uh, Live Tour has to purchase airtime. So it's kind of like what you would do if you're buying advertising, like you yeah. purchase time. So this is a really weird Well, you know thing. why they're doing that, right? Well, because they want to be able to bump them when something goes wrong. Well, no, I actually don't think it's that. I actually think Liv wants that because one of the things when you watch Liv is there's zero commercials, right? So that's part of the Currently, beauty of yeah. it. Boom, 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 boom. I, I kept saying, how are they going to do TV rights? Because they you have if you're going to just get TV, it's put to make money, right? Yeah, and you so have commercial breaks. Yeah, commercial. So now I was thinking, well, they'll maybe do like a master's type-esque thing where it's like two or three big sponsors that get like these spots, but they're very sparse. It would actually make more sense that they just control what they want mm-hmm. and buy that. And now they don't have to worry about commercials. To an extent, yeah, yeah, I can see it. It's just, it's a really weird setup when you think about traditional sports broadcasting. Like, it's the reverse of what you'd expect, but I, that's kind of what the Live Tour is about. So, I mean, good for them. Uh, what about Club Champion news? So, yeah, let's go into Club Champion news. So, uh, we got a lot of things going on at Club Champion. First of all, you know, we have both of our distribution centers are really up and running and Woo. humming. Uh, we are. I mean, in most order, if we have it in stock, we're getting you your clubs in seven to 10 days. Crazy. If we have to order it, then it's based on what we have to order. But I will say most of the manufacturers are caught up a little bit too. So orders are flying out the door. So if you're looking to get something, you can get something fast, come to Club Champion. Uh, and we're going to continue with, you know, one of the beautiful things, you know, we've had a couple tough years, but we've built up a, a nice infrastructure here. So even moving forward, we're going to have some uh, really good turnaround times with our awesome product we sell. Yep. Also, we got demos. And so some of the demos, uh, that are going to the stores are already in the stores. We have the new Mizuno line, the the JPX 223 line. Um, I said that right. right. 923. So nah, sorry, that's what I've, yeah, okay. <laughs> I knew I had said it wrong. They're all numbers, so it's fine. Yeah, and I'm moving quick. But we, those are all in the stores. Really good product. JPX line has always been a staple for us. It mm-hmm. performs very well. They're beautiful. Great looking cloth club. Performs great, sounds great. Um, always one of the ones that performs in the launch monitor for golfers. So those are in the stores. Check those out. Um, we got the new uh BGT uh, Brava Mm -hmm. driver shafts are, you know, out in the stores now, which is uh, really cool to see. Um, We have some video content coming soon on YouTube about that too. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's that's some of the biggest demos that are going out right at the moment. Um, we're obviously, this is the time of year where we talk to all the manufacturers. We're starting to see all the new cool stuff. Uh, can't share much of it now. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff that'll be coming out. Most of it's going to be January, February, March, sure. or January, February launches. Um, but there'll be a couple sneak peeks. There'll be a couple new items we'll be able to talk about in the coming weeks um, from some of your favorites out there. We also have some new stores. We do. We have two. We're, we're kind of slowing down here at the end of the year with the, the openings, yeah. which is good for my sanity. Um, but we are now open in, at, or we're going to be open this week in Ashburn, yep. Virginia. Yep. And Mandeville, Louisiana. And what happens if you go to one of those two stores for the first six weeks? Uh, you get 50% off your fitting with a purchase of 500 or more. Nice. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I mean, uh, what we have two more for the no one more one more one after more this. for the rest It'll of the year be Texas. Yep. Uh, yep, one more for the rest of the year, which is going to be um, not Woodlands because we already have that Kingwood. I don't know if we're allowed to say that, but we did. We're here no, now. We can say it. Okay. Um, it's not going to hurt anything, and we and we plan to keep that moving. Um, next year we're gonna open a lot more stores. There we go. I also like you know I don't know if a lot of people know. I think we've talked about it on here, but we have uh, our partners. We've we we've now have uh, stores in Canada, UK, and Australia, mm-hmm. and Canada actually opened Calgary. Yep. So that's TXG by Club Champion or however you want to put it. It's really a Club Champion store that's run up there. But yeah, that's brand new. Calgary, a new market for them. It's the first time they've opened a new market. They only had two stores prior to us purchasing them. They had the two stores in Toronto. So -hmm. now they're going to have Calgary, which opened. Mm -hmm. And they technically have a little outlet at the pulpit, which is a great golf course. like an outdoor thing. Yeah, outside of Toronto. That's an outdoor thing. And then actually, they announced it so we can announce it. Uh, There will be a Vancouver location. So um, I don't remember the time. I haven't heard the time frame on that. No, one, neither but. have I. But it's been very quick progression. Basically, since January, when we acquired them and started working together, there's been very quick progression for them to open. And there will be more for our other partners in the UK and Australia, but we won't talk about those today. <laughs> but they are uh, in the works. Perfect. So, awesome. But that's what we got. So uh, we're going to go into our interview here with Bruce Miller, uh, who's the retail product manager for Golf Pride Grips. We're going to talk everything grips. So let's go to Bruce. Well, we're back with the pod and we're with uh, Bruce Miller, who is the retail product manager for Golf Pride Grips. We're going to talk about some grips here, which I think is going to be fun because I, although I've spent 20 some years selling grips uh, and I know, but I've never really talked to anybody that's in like, I mean, I've talked to them (laughs) casually, but never had a fun, like, let's dive into grip, like manufacturing, retail, all that. And you've been in this position for almost 10 years uh, now, and you've been with Golf Pride for, it looks like almost 20 years. So Bruce, thanks for coming on. Uh, Let the listeners know a little bit about you. Yeah, no, thank you, Nick. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, you're right. It's um, it's been, you know, 20, almost 20 years that I've been with Golf Pride and uh, it, it, incredibly it's gone by very, very fast. You know, I mean, you know, it's like with new products. I mean, you're always working on next year, next couple of years um, stuff and it just it rolls by really, really quickly. Um, but yeah, so um, been with Golf Pride for 20 years. I've kind of been all over the shop as far as, um, you know, different titles and different departments. But, you know, essentially, you know, walked into Golf Pride early on in the sales department um, when we were really trying to to grow the, the green grass space. Um, you know, back then, I mean, we were just coming out of, um, you know, the, the, the throws of the club building, you know, phenomenon, you know, with, um, you know, some of your competitors that really aren't even around anymore. Um, and that was big for a minute. And, um, but then we, you know, it started to look at green grass and, and retail and green grass was still a little bit bigger at that time. So that's how I entered golf pride was on the sales side, really trying to, to prop up and stand up, uh, uh the green grass side of the business through our distributors. Um, but, and that really trans, um, uh, transgressed into um, you know more of the the retail space when all of that shifted um, to you know regripping you know where the the members of clubs and greengrass facilities would go into retailers to get their stuff done um, and and that turned into you know living a, abroad over in the UK on the sales side of things for a year and then came back to headquarters and 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 that was a weird time in the industry because um, you know that's when we had the Lornberg uh, manufacturing facility up and running in North Carolina with our huge USA manufacturing plant and. 
and that ended up getting shuttered and we reload the headquarters up to Pinehurst. Um, and that's eventually where I landed um, in the marketing department. Um, and, and, and even at that time, you know, the product development was still kind of between marketing um, and engineering. It was kind of a shared um, deal. Um, which eventually got turned over to fully onto the innovation side of things. And that's where I'm at now. Um, so, you know, innovation, R&D, but, you know, really from a product management perspective. So I get to do all the fun stuff, you know, just creating the products from scratch, you know, figuring out what they're going to be, where they're going to fit, what we're going to launch, what we're going to take out, what we're going to name it, price it, position it, all that stuff I work on. So um, I, I can tell you, I have one of the funnest jobs at Golf Pride. So a lot of hours, but it's fun. Man, that's, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. So I take it you're probably a golfer, uh, uh, when you got into this uh, 20 years ago is kind of what drew the passion of golf drove you into it. Yeah, it really was. Um, I was telling Cassie that I I grew up playing golf. Um, you know, a lot of competitive golf. Um, you know, not like AJGA level, but I was played a lot of junior golf around the Midwest. Um, and and I never ever thought that I was going to land in the industry. That was never a, a plan of mine. You know, it's uh, I, I grew up in Michigan, went to Michigan State. I tried to walk on when I was a freshman. Um, shot eighty, and, and that dream was over. You know, I went to the Notre Dame Michigan State game that Saturday, so that dream was was squashed. But um. <laughs> I always loved golf, always followed it, right? I was always really into equipment and the history of the game. And then you kind of get out, you know, you get a job. And I was working in the textile industry and life was kind of happening. And I saw this opportunity within Eaton Corporation Golf Pride. And I immediately knew Golf Pride because I grew up with it like most golfers did at that time. I mean, you know, you know, there were several competitors around when I was growing up. But, you know, you know, most people have some interaction with the Golf Pride brand throughout their lives. And I certainly did. You know, you, you kind of realized you grew up playing this one grip. And for me, it was a mix between the victory grip. And then that, you know, kind of faded away and the tour velvet came online. So it's like, wow, I grew up playing this product and this brand for life. And there was this chance to get, to get into the biz, which I did, but um, it, it just kind of happened that way. It was never a plan of mine to land in the golf industry, but you know, it, it's been a fortunate journey. And I'm, I'm hopeful that I can end my career with golf right I said, I, I joke with people. I say the tour velvet is like this. I go cockroaches, Twinkies and tour velvet grips will withstand a nuclear Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I would even say that the, the tour wrap is the yeah, one. You that, could add that. Although you tweaked it with the 2G, but yeah. That's right. That was back in 2010. <laughs> we tweaked it. But yeah, the, the, it's funny. And that's, we take that completely as like this compliment because yeah, um, that's be. something we, you know, take a lot of you know, pride in is the durability of our product, you know, and how long they last. Not just, you know, the performance piece of it is awesome, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a durable product, you know, molded rubber. I mean, that's the whole reason, you know, that came online in the mid fifties and, uh, you know, the growth of golf pride was transitioning from leather grips to molded rubber grips, slip on molded rubber grips. Um, and it's been a mainstay in the industry ever since. So yeah, it's well, important. I, uh, you know, if I look back through the 20 years and I have done it and you look at like products you're selling today that you sold when we started this business, you know, that, that many years ago, there's not many products that can name in there, but you can name a couple golf pride, which again, that's my point. That's what I joke about it. I joke, but it's, it is, it is a compliment to the product. That's exactly right. So. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, it's always been the one of the most, I mean, it's difficult and, and it's fun at the same time, but 
I always tell people there, you know, as far as like uh, golf companies go, manufacturers, I mean, usually with like the, the big OEMs, I mean, they're launching products like every couple of years. I mean, literally they'll retire something and something replaces it, you know, like the SIM and then you move on to the SIM 2 or something like that. But with Golf Pride, I mean, it's it's bizarre because we have these staples in our product range that literally have been in the product range for 25, 35, 45 years. I mean, believe it or not, the the Victory Grip was launched in 1956, and we still make a few thousand pieces a year um, for tour players, mostly guys on the Champions Tour. But but it's unheard of. I mean, it's not like they're still making these. I still get people asking me for those. (laughs) So do we. we. I mean, so it's like this blessing and this curse. I mean, these products are so successful that they just stay around forever because people in in, in the pros are a perfect example of this. I'm talking like the pinnacle, like the guys in the PGA Tour. They hone their craft. They develop their games with this specific grip. I mean, it's only part of the club you touch. So it's important and they get like attached to it. So, I mean, you know, that's why we still make these tour issue parts for products that we probably extinguished and sunsetted in on the retail space, but we're not going to go tell a, a guy that's won five majors that he can no longer have this grip. And there's something kind of cool about that. It can be frustrating at times because they're not going to like try the newest technology that we have just because they're so, you know, the, the feel of that grip is so important to them. And we completely respect that. And, and we'll continue to make these grips for them. So you kind of touched upon it a minute ago, but uh, let's talk about the importance of like grips during a custom fitting, because obviously that's what we're big mm-hmm. into. And uh, what is what is your guys' philosophy there? I actually kind of already know the answer because we've worked together. Your your team has worked with our team to try to enhance even our um, in-store abilities and things like that. But talk to us a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and obviously it's, it's one of those things. And I mean... Yes, we're golf pride, and yes, we're the category leader in, in golf grips. It's really not even close. Nobody's going to ever outmuscle us. But um, you know, we also understand, and, and you know, we, we got to look ourselves in the mirror and be okay. We we get it. Um, when you're doing a custom fitting, I mean, kind of the 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 cool eye candy stuff is is always going to be centered around like the heads and the shafts, and then you kind of get to the end of the fitting, and you know, you almost have like five minutes left. And it's like. Well, what kind of grip do you want? You know, what do you play like right now? What color do you want? Um, and, and then we can look at that as a challenge because to us, I mean, it's it's obviously pretty important. It's the only part of the uh, the club that you touch. It's, it's your only connection point to the club. Um, so, you know, it, it's not like we're going to walk into like a custom fitting process and be like, okay, we got to flip the field here and you got to start with grips, you know, and, and you know, we're golf pride. I mean, we, we, we get it. Uh, but we do know that there's a lot of performance built into the product that we make. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's important. I mean, we, but that, that's on us as a category leader to, you know, really look at every part of the custom fitting process when it comes to grips and develop something with a lot of research in data, um, something that we can really scale out to the industry. So it's, and that was one of the whole reasons we built this facility here in Pinehurst at our world headquarters. And we have our own retail lab here where we bring in consumers, players of all ability. And, and we have like an open shop where we'll sell them product, but we're also fitting them with, with grips. But it, you know, it's not like this hard standard way that we have like out of from Jump City. I mean, we're experimenting with different things. Um, to get the best fit for the consumer, you know, fit for comfort, fit for performance. We know that aesthetics have a huge play into uh, to how people choose golf pride products. So that's important as well. But it's trying to, to really crack the code and get people interested about golf grips. And, and they do. I mean, once they come, you know, they come to golf pride headquarters and, you know, their eyes kind of 
pop open and they're like, wow, this is really cool. And some people really get into grips, uh, but, but that's on us. And this is, it's a journey that we've started and we're making progress on it. We're going to roll it out soon, uh, but it's going to be a lot more, you know, detailed and based around performance gains that you get from different types of grips, different geometries, different textures, uh, different materials, different durometers, firmness, softness, all of that stuff can really affect, um, you know, how a, a player hits the golf ball. So that's something that we're looking to, to roll out in the future, but it's something that we're building right now from scratch. I mean, taking a fresh eyes audit, look at it here at our headquarters at Golf Pride. Yeah, no, I, and I love that. And I know we've, we've worked in the past to try to create different things, you know, an experience around the grips, because to your point, it can be an afterthought, but as a custom fitter, and I can tell you our fitters and, and me as a fitter don't believe that. Like we believe all the things you just talked about, like this is your connection with the club. It's one of the components that when we go into making these golf club for this customer, you know, what's the weight, what's the material, you know, one of the things I like about you guys is you offer tapered grips, non-tapered grips, grips with reminders, grips without reminders. When you look at the comp because we carry everybody, as you know, um, yep. as you got, as you said, you are the category leader, even in our stores by a mile. And it's, it's really because a lot of the other manufacturers are more what I call niche. So they, they talk to one style of golfer or talk to another style of golfer, which is fine. You guys have a, something for everyone. And that's why ultimately too, you get in the mix more often because you have something for everybody that, cause you know, Grip can change how you, you know, what most people don't realize is I can change your ball flight with a grip. I can make you hook it less. I can make you slice it less. I can make you do all these different things. So the grip is very important. And and I'm interested from the custom fitting side, the tools that you can give us. And it sounds like you got some cool stuff, some more cool stuff coming down the road. It'll make that process even more dynamic for the customer, which is awesome. Yeah, no, thanks, Dick. I appreciate that. And, and that's something that we've always respected about you guys um, is that kind of agnostic, you know, kind of approach to, to fitting, right? I mean, and, and, and let's be honest, I mean, you're right. I mean, when people come in and they're not aware of golf grips, they don't know the, the competition, maybe they've heard of golf, right? maybe they haven't. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, we're fortunate because we have such a large percentage of the, percentage of the market and they, they probably in all likelihood are, are going to choose us, you know, most of the time. But, but I give all the credit in the world to our competition. You're right. I mean, it's a big world. I mean, you know, we're not going to have 100%. Some people want to try different stuff, different materials. And, and if we don't have that and it's going to help them play better golf, then I'm all for it. Go try it, you know, because I'm confident at the end of the day, like you said, with our product range, you know, we have something for everybody. And if we're not making it right now, Oh, and somebody else has it and they want that, then that's on us to innovate and come up with something um, for everybody that, you know, we, we try to do that, but you're never going to do that. But yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, I mean, give people choices that that's how they're going to play better golf, you know? Yeah. That's a, actually a really good springboard into the next question. So we keep talking about it and we keep using the phrase category leader, which is absolutely true in our stores and just kind of out there in the ether for golf. But, um, why or how, I guess, do you think Golf Pride was able to position themselves in that space, but not only with consumers, but also on tour? When you think of grips, you think of Golf Pride. Like it's that's just kind of the obvious jump that you make. Is it because of longevity where you guys just first to the watering hole? Is it because of the breadth of the options that you guys offer? Is it just because your marketing is better? Like, what do you think <laughs> is the attributable thing that allows people to immediately think of your brand? Yeah, I get that question a lot. I mean, I I think it's a little bit of everything, and I'll touch on a few things here. But um, we get that question because um, you know, obviously, we're proud of our tour usage. I mean, I have to tell people that it's you know, eighty five percent of the players on the PGA Tour use Golf Pride. And as soon as I say that, people just well, yeah, you pay them. You know, it's a paid endorsement. And I'm like, 
whoa, 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 back up a second. We don't pay anybody a dollar. They play our stuff because it's the best. And it just like blows their mind because, <laughs> you know, when, when you think of like, you know, category leaders out there on tour, you're like, you know, Titleist, TaylorMade, but most of that stuff is, is just paid endorsement. Not that they don't make great products because they do. And we make the grips for all of those big OEMs. But when it comes to like, you know, you know, retail, like real deal golf pride branded product, I mean, they choose to play our stuff and they always have. But then you get the question, well, why do they do that? And I, I think it's a common combination of everything that you said. I mean, it, it's, you know, obviously, you know, the durability. I mean, you know, obviously it's the, the availability. I mean, we're everywhere in the world, right? Like I said earlier, nobody's going to outmuscle us. Uh, but, but then it comes down to the performance. And at the end of the day, if that product didn't perform, it wasn't consistent, they would not play it. They, I mean, they would play something else. And some of them do. But, you know, if you look at a field of 154 players, we've got the lion's share of the field. But then you start to look at like what exact grips are they playing? And it comes down to a few. It's always the Tour Velvet, the MCC, the Tour Velvet Core, and the Z grip. But they're playing it for specific reasons. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the thing that always blew me away when I got to Golf Pride because, you know, I was like, well, you know, it's molded rubber. You put rubber in a machine, you press a button, and a grip pops out. And nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, it, it always blows away. Our customers, you know, like Callaway, Titleist, TaylorMade, when they make a visit to our plant for the first time and they see like the the sheer volume of the operation, it's massive. And I mean, it's it's a lot goes into these these grips. I mean, like the the material recipes are are huge. I mean, it's just crazy the science, the material science that goes into making this stuff. And it's the quality of the materials, it's the consistency, it's that manufacturing muscle that we have. You know, being owned by Eaton Corporation, which is a twenty five billion dollar company, so you get all these, you know, efficiencies, you know, with this scale. Um, and, I, and I really think if, you know, put our stuff up against anything else that's out there and we get all the competition stuff in and torture tested and take it apart, um, you know, we really stand by our product. So I think what you said, Cassie, really, you, you're bang on. I mean, it's the consistency, it's the performance, it's the excellence in the materials, it's the durability. And at the end of the day, it's, it's the trust that, that we've earned from the best players in the world. And, and to me, like, that's the reason they choose Golf Pride. Makes sense. Um, you mentioned MCC, which is one of the popular, most popular grips that we sell here. Um, I personally love them because I am, I, I shouldn't even say this, but I am a, a sucker for the aesthetics <laughs> when it when it comes to grip choices. Oh, and he's, our, our listeners can't see it, but he held up an MCC grip um, on camera. He's got all of the team's grips there. So all the fun team's colors. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a really perfect example. The team's line is a wonderful example because you have the aesthetic, you have the ability to say, hey, you you know, I'm a Bears fan. Can I do the the blue and orange? Or, hey, I'm a Packers fan. Just don't do that. Don't be that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to match your team, you can. So talk to us a little bit about um, kind of what went into designing that line, because obviously there's the performance element of it. But you guys really knew what market you were tapping into when you did those color combos. So talk to us about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that was one of the things that we realized was, you know, with the MCC franchise. I mean, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's totally recognizable, but it's not recognizable because of that golf pride logo on there. You know, I mean, and I'm talking about like tour usage and when you see somebody playing something from across the fairway, the reason that grip is recognizable is, is because of the color blocking on it, the design, right? You get kind of that, that contrast between the upper hand and the lower hand, and then it gets into the performance of it. You know, you get, you know, the core and the top hand, the softer texture rubber and the lower hand for the performance. 
Um, but that was always um, the thing about the MCC was the look of it. But we started to say at the end of the day, we're like, wow, I mean, I mean, people like that grip because of the look. And we have a few color options, but they're more kind of plain Jane. And then we started to look at the, the overall market of people playing golf and kind of these other passions that they have. And a lot of it was surrounding like sport teams. I mean, it, it could be anything. It could be your high school team. Like you said, you mentioned a few teams there, basketball, football, all these sports and the customization of golf equipment at that time. I um, mean, that's where I really felt like golf pride was <clears throat> a kind of a, a little bit ahead of the curve when it came to like the, the, the white and black MCC. And when Mickelson played that in 2010 at the masters, when he, he bent it around the tree, I mean, you know, that was around the time that like the explosion of like white golf equipment, you know, like, like the, the tailor-made white drivers, all that stuff started to take off. Um, but that we realized that and we're like, wow, I mean, we offer a few colors, but people are really asking us for, you know, different combinations of colors to tie into their other passions outside of golf. And we were like, there's no other, there's no better platform than the MCC. I mean, like you said, it's our best selling product. It's got the most uh, visual recognition out there, tour usage. You know, it had everything about that. It's kind of this all everything grip um, and players of all abilities, you know, use it. So it was a perfect platform for us to, to get into like more of a personalization of golf grips. Now, obviously we created a, you know, an explosion of skews there um, that a lot of people could choose from, but, and there's good and there's bad with that, but that's been a big hit with us. And, and I mean, the funny thing about the MCCs that, that team series is we put out just, I mean, it was a total of 20 colors the first year that we launched it. Um, and, and lo and behold, and we knew this was going to happen. The phone started ringing and people are like, well, you, you don't have my team. You know, they were like offended by it. And we're like, but it was cool because we we're getting this consumer feedback from people like just kind of teeing up the pipeline of future colors. So it, it's been a big hit. And that is just so important with golf equipment right now in general, not just scripts. You know, you have to be able to have this color explosion because people want that. Well, you kind of teed us up for the next, the, kind of the next question I was interested in asking is, is like when you're looking at adding these new lines or families to your roster, I mean, where do you even start? Like, is it material? Is it color? It's probably a combination of all, but like what goes into the thought there? Yeah, it's all that stuff. And, and we've developed, developed a process here, you know, at Golf Pride for developing new products, right? Um, and that was, you know, one of the drivers for the creation um, of our global innovation center here, we call it the GIC here in Pinehurst, um, was developing our product very, very close to the consumer. Because I'll be honest with you, you know, back in the day when I started at Golf Pride, I mean, we were coming up with 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 hits. Um, but, but, you know, it was more of like, it was an internal thing. And I always tell people like, if, if golf pride doesn't know about golf grips, then nobody knows about it. Right. I mean, we, we know a few things about grips. We've launched some, some, some big ones through the years, but you know, it's really, you know, taking a hard look in the mirror and be like, okay, yeah, we can come up with stuff, but are we coming up with stuff for ourselves internally? And, and yeah, we're all golfers, but are we really tapping into what the consumer wants? Um, so that was the whole point of this facility. So when we develop this stuff, we're going out and we're talking to consumers. I mean, we're having all these like consumer interviews, really trying to understand these pain points, these problems that people have. And we get them in here and we're talking to them. And it, it's not necessarily just centered around golf groups, but it's like performance. You know, it, it's like, you know, we're, you know, what are some potholes in your games? What are some gaps in your swing? And we're trying to figure out how we can relate that back to the golf grip um, to, to give them some, you know, measurable performance gains. And we want to be serious about it too. I mean, it's, we're not going to go out there and say like, 
you know, you're going to get like an extra 20 yards by playing golf grips, but you know, are you going to be able to set up with your hands on there more consistently check? We can help you with that. Are you going to get your hands in there more, you know, uh, comfortably, you know, with a, a bigger size grip or a grip that has a reduced taper profile check, you know, anything that has to do with the hands, we want to have complete ownership of that. Um, but you know, it, it's a process that involves a lot of conversation with, with golfers. And I'll be perfectly frank with you. I mean, it, there's a, it's rare to get a golfer when I'm talking about golf grips to somebody that that really can talk the language, right? I mean, most people just don't think about golf grips very much. So when I start talking about like durometer and geometry and taper, I mean, it just blows their mind. Um, and so we have to train these people up a little bit. And once they get into it and the light bulb goes off, they can really start to give you some good stuff. And, I, and I'll tell you this, some of the best stuff we get, you would think would come from like tour players or like scratch handicap players that they couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, some of the best insight that I've ever received are from 25, 30 handicappers, but, but this, this guy or this, this gal could be an engineer in, in their personal life. And they can go incredibly deep on certain like details on the grip that I thought nobody would ever catch up on. And it's just, it, when you get one of those players in the room, I mean, it's like gold. I mean, they are giving you stuff that you're not going to believe, but it either validates or it kind of, you know, just tosses out the window some theories that you have about grips. And that's the whole point of what we're doing here at Golf Pride now is like we develop it fast. And if we fail, we fail fast and we move on to the next project. That makes sense. I'm just curious. You've kind of mentioned it because you've talked about a lot of the lines that you guys have come up with. You've even talked about some of the discontinued lines, but do you personally have a favorite family or line that Golf Pride has ever created, whether it's still in production or not? Yeah, so I do, right? Um, so since I've been with Golf Ride for uh, 20 years, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm getting close to 50. Like, I'm like old school here now, right? I mean, like, like the, the team here now is like young. I mean, it's like a young, <laughs> young team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a personal favorite. I always tell people, like, when it counts, I play the VTM 58R. I mean, I'm a Tour Velvet guy, 58R. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, there's a reason why, like... Um, all the guys, most of the guys on tour, um, LPGA tour and, and, and PGA tour play the tour velvet. I mean, it, it looks like the plainest grip in the world, mm-hmm. but it, to me, it, it, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, it's like super high performance. And I tell people that there's a reason why every tire on the road today is black. I mean, it's that carbon black element that we put in it's tremendous gripping power. Um, and if I'm playing in a tournament, I am playing that tour velvet 58 R that that's my go-to. I love all of our grips and I probably changed my grips. It's probably 40 times a year. And I don't just put put one on a seven iron. You know, some people hear, well, just put in your driver center and go and test it. No, 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 no. If I go play golf, I mean, I, I want to have it on every club in the bag so I can get a feel for it, you know? So I'll yeah. play it around, strip it off and try something new. But um, when it counts, I'm playing the tour velvet. What is your, <laughs> you guys say it's 40 rounds is your standard. Is that what you suggest for people for re-gripping? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's the go-to, but, but that's something when I, I I go back to what I said earlier, I mean, just because we said that, I mean, that's something we've said for, you know, 25, 30 years, but, but that's something we want to, we, we prove out, right? I mean, there's a planned obsolescence to the product. It's molded rubber. It's like tires. Eventually it's going to wear out. You know, it's a combination of, you know, use and time and UV and sweat and oil from your hands and sunblock. It's going to wear out. And, and you'd be, and you've seen it before you guys. I mean, you'd be, you're amazed at like when you see some of the grips that people play, like, and, and they can be like, avid players that are good players and they're playing a grip that is you know slicker than a bare metal shaft i mean i've seen stuff that's worn through to the shaft it's embarrassing uh, it's um, amazing 
it's amazing what we see in these stores. And I can't believe people are holding on to that. And and to your point, I I I tend to agree with you. I mean, most people, I say once a year, most people aren't playing more than 40 rounds a year. Um, but it's it's not just play. To your point, it's conditions like just having like if you live in certain parts of the country, just due to humidity, different things, even when you store your clubs, that rubber is being affected, things like that. So, you know, and then most people don't clean their grips um like they should. Now that's an actually interesting thing because we get asked this quite a bit actually at the store. Well, once we start having this conversation, then people ask us, they don't, they don't think to ask before that, but then they do ask. So this would be a good one from you is what should a person clean their grip with? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Nobody does it. And it's amazing. Like when you clean a grip, how new it feels or really how it extends the life of that product, you know, but, but yeah, absolutely. So like what I do, I mean, again, I mean, like I said, I'm old school, but this is the proper way to clean our grips. Now, I mean, I'm talking molded rubber grips. So, you know, ours or lambkin, you know, molded rubber, but I take, um, palm olive or dawn, you know, whatever you want to use hot water. I have a, a very hard bristle, little bristle, like scrub brush. And I put the soap on there and I scrub these things up, get them all soaped up and I'm scrubbing them. And then I kind of rinse them in hot water. And then I use like a, a fluffy kind of bath towel to kind of towel it off. And then there'll be like lint that gets picked up on the surface of the grip, but that's okay. But it's amazing how much junk will come off of that grip. You'll see like like dirt, like draining yeah. off of that grip. Yeah. Um, and and it, it really, it'll extend the life of them, but it tacks them up. Um, and this is something that, that like, I, I can't believe, and I see this all the time in Pioneers when I'm playing with people here. Like the guys and gals that put the sunblock on, on the first tee, like they, oh, they literally yeah. have it, the lotion in their hands or put it on their face and stuff and they get it all over their hands. And I don't even see them wipe it off on the, t- on the golf towel. They literally go to the first tee and swing it. It's like the worst thing you could do to a golf grip. The worst uh, thing. I get all that oil on there. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, we, we tell golfers this all the time and they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, think about it. Most of the stuff that's on there is dirt and oil. What is Dawn? Or uh, we're just using Dawn, but dish soap, whatever yeah. for dirt and oil. And yeah. it's like, you just rub and you scrub it. And I, I always laugh. I go, even me who takes care of their grips pretty good. Like it's amazing how much dust and just things that these things collect and you can almost have a new grip. I'll have somebody come in sometimes and they play at a course where maybe they're riding a dark, uh, to cart paths that have like really sandy or dirt and there's just <laughs> dirt flying everywhere, you know, dust flying everywhere. And they'll be like, man, I just got this grip like a month ago and it seems like it's all dirty. I'm like, well, yeah, that's not the grip's fault. That's you got to clean it. And then I'll go back there and we'll clean them for them. Yep. And they'll be like, holy cow, that feels like new. I go, yeah, it's just got to be clean. I mean, so that's what absolutely. you got to do. And the one thing that, that I would, um, you know, tell your your viewers to watch out for, because I hear this a lot before and I see it like online with, you know, some, you know, guys are making YouTube videos on like how to care for your grips. Don't ever put like mineral spirits or like simple green or these chemicals on your golf grips to like clean them. I, I, I've heard that before, like NAFTA or something like that. Like yeah, that's, that's good. The, yeah, I heard that too. That's bad. That's the worst thing you could do. Um I mean, that, that like slicks them up and wears them out. I mean, it solvates with the, 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 the paint in there. I mean, that's the worst thing you could do. I see a lot of people doing that. I'm like, what's going on here, guys? No, no, no. Don't do that. Just soap and water. Yeah. Okay, so, as simple as good. There yeah, absolutely. Um, are there any other OEMs out there, like a grip or otherwise, that are doing something that you really admire, like a product design or like marketing or merchandising, you know? Yeah, so I mean, I, your eye that you're like, hey, we gotta, we gotta watch. We want to keep in front of that. I mean, you guys are kind of way in front, but anything like that? Yeah, I mean, like, like I said earlier, I mean, I, 
I admire, I respect our competition out there. I mean, um, you know, obviously we're the category leader, but um, I would consider myself, you know, kind of a foremost expert on the world of golf grips, kind of what's in market right now, all of that stuff. And um, yeah, there's there's some cool stuff that's being done out there. Um, uh, I mean, something that like I, I admire. I mean, I, I mean, like an example that I give full credit to would be, you know, somebody like a, a putter grip company like Superstroke or something. I mean, I think they've done a great job and, you know, they, they've grown their business um, by getting some pros to play their product and get some exposure. Um, and, and, you know, who am I to complain about that when, you know, 80% of the guys on tour are using golf pride and that, that's essentially, you know, how we grow our business. And, and I give full credit to, to any competitor out there that has tour usage. Because um, I know how difficult that is to do. I mean, these are the most disconcerting players in the world, and they're not going to play a product unless it performs. So as far as I'm concerned, um, any grip company that has tour usage, kudos. Um, yeah, I, think that's, I think that's pretty. I mean, I was wondering how you're going to answer that. And it's kind of a loaded question or on the spot question. Tough when you're, you know, you work for the company, but that's a good one. Superstroke has done a good job of organically getting a lot of putter grips out there. Yeah. Um, they've tried to break into swing grips, but it hasn't quite, you know, I think that's a uh, mighty mountain um, for them to, to go up against. But the putter grips, they, when I think about the 20 years, grips that have come and gone, you know, they are one that really came in. I mean, Lampkin's been around forever, but they've kind of just been, you know, no offense to my Lampkin friends, sort of a shadow to you guys to a sense, you know, kind of filling yeah. niches and things like that. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, I, I get full credit to, to Lampkin. I think they make a great product. And, you know, and, and they were around before Golf Pride was, right? I mean, they were founded back in the 20s um, in Chicago. Yeah, um, right here, actually, about five miles away. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, they have, you know, tour usage and they have OEM programs and, you know, they make a product that's similar to ours, molded rubber and, you know, full credit to them. I mean, it's a it's a big world, right? I mean, you, you can't have it all. You want it all. But I mean, it, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it makes golf pride better when, when people are competing with us. I mean, this is the way it works, right? So I'm going to I, I want to bring up one other grip, but I'm going to wait until the yay or nay because we're going to talk about it. Oh, but I okay. can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to hear his take on it from a, a golf, a, a grip guru. All right. We'll, okay. add, we'll add another one to the yeas and nays. But before we do that, so we know what grip you're playing, Bruce, because we just talked about it. But what about the rest of the bag? So club heads and shafts, what do you have in your bag currently? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm one of the there's some like employees here at Golf Pride. I mean, they're always looking for the next latest and greatest. Right. So I'll kind of rewind a little bit because I told you I was from Michigan. I grew up in Michigan. And as, as my graduation gift back in 92 from East Kenwood High School, I have an identical twin brother. My dad got both Brad and I a brand new set of Hogan Apex 92 of the red lines. Um, and, and that's kind of, I kind of grew up playing like blades, right? I mean, and to me, like a blade is the ultimate game improvement club because you better dot it or you're not going to improve, right? <laughs> so right now, um, I'm playing the, the Titleist 716s. And I, I tell the, the, the guys here on the innovation team with me, like at first, I mean, I, I had trouble hitting them, but this, I mean, this was like years. I mean, this is the 716s came out, I think in 2016. They're AP2s, right? But but through the years, I've really gotten used to this iron, like the weighting of it, you know, just they, how you can cover the ball and they explode off the club face, and I love them. Um, but I, my irons are the uh, 716s, and they have the um, the dynamic gold AMT shaft 
um, which my buddy Greg Cavill, who used to work for True Temper for 20 years, now works at Golf Pride, developed that shaft. Um, love that shaft. Love how it loads. Stiff. Um, and then I play the – I have some Vokey wedges, and I have a um, Sim 2 driver with a, a stiff shaft in there. Um, and I have an M2 – uh, fairway wood, a three wood that I absolutely love. And, and again, that, that thing's been in my bag for a long time. And I actually had to get it refinished. Um, it, it came with the white crown, but I was playing mid pines in the summer a couple of years ago and I, it was too hot out. And I lost my legs and I went underneath it and, and put a huge idiot mark on the top, completely roofed it and ruined it. So I had to send it <laughs> in to get refinished. Sorry about um, that. Yeah. And, and I got it refinished in this red. So I replaced the, the, the white with this red up at Julian Bunn at Carolina Custom Golf in Raleigh. And they did this tremendous job on it. And um, every time I play that club, people ask me, oh, is, that, is that like a new one? Is that coming out from TaylorMade in a, next year or something? But no, it's just an M2 that's been refinished because I skied it. <laughs> <laughs> new paint What's <laughs> You know, Pinehurst has so much great golf courses. Uh, where do you typically play there? So I kind of pl- I play all over. Um, you know, I probably play, I don't know, probably 35, 40 times a year. Probably half of that is like, you know, kind of business related golf. Uh, but but since Golf Pride, I mean, we are located on the grounds of Pinehurst number eight. So when you come pulling in the gate, you see our headquarters right there on the left. So I play a lot of my golf at number eight. I play a lot of my golf up at the resort, not number two. I play number two a couple times a year, but you know, it's usually like three and five and one. Um, but I kind of play all over um, here in Pinehurst. I mean, we're so spoiled for courses. I mean, it's just, it's nice to kind of get that variety, but real quick, I go back to my bag, I'm, my putter. Um, I play a ping pal and I've played it for, for 37 years. Wow. I, I, yeah, I, 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 and it's funny, my identical twin is the same exact model and I, I just can't, change from that just because of the weighting and everything so like i said i'm kind of old school but you, know, you just get used to it right and you just you, you play you gotta go out and play with what you got what you like your you, putter you at least, is you at least regrip it right absolutely yes i do <laughs> i've got a tour tradition on there <laughs> at least you do that your putter is older than i am so <laughs> We feel bad now. I mean, it's okay. If it works for you, it works for you. That's fine. We we definitely have people come in for putter fittings and their their gamer is what they stick with. They see the results on Sam Putt Lab and they just love it. So there know, it is. Yeah. I get it. And I'll, I'll say this. So inside our new world headquarters, we have a putting course. There's a nine hole putting loop around the, the office. And my name is on the leaderboard at five under. So I got all these young guns coming at me, but I'm the one that is top of the leaderboard right now. So, so come with it. Works. There it is. I love that. Okay. Before we get into yay or nay, because I feel like there's going to be some hot takes here just based on what I've already heard. Before we do that, is there anything coming for Golf Pride? Anything on the horizon that you want to share with our listeners? Anything you can give us sneak peeks on? Mm, yeah. So the stuff that I, that I work on now is more kind of pipeline, like black box. So I can't really speak to a lot <laughs> of that, but um but what I what I can say, it just goes back to the, the the whole thing with how we develop product now. I mean, it's really talking to the consumers and we're trying to innovate on everything here. So, I mean, we never kind of rest on our laurels. So just because we have an old recipe from a successful product, that's a heritage product. We're always trying to improve that. So it's like material innovation, you know, like I said, it's geometry, it's texture. It, it's really getting down into the weeds and the nitty gritty on everything about how a grip is made and how that golfer um, interfaces with their product, you know, with their hands. So, um, you know, no, like sneak peeks into new product launches, but, um, but, but people are going to be excited about what we're working on, um, for 24 and 25, it's going to blow some people away. So stay tuned. 
Awesome. That's awesome to hear. All right, Nick, we're going to dive in. I'm going to ask the first question that I feel like you can follow well, no, up no, with. No. I wasn't even saying I'm adding one. All I was saying is there's one, this first one you're about to mention <laughs> is literally what I'm interested to hear about. Okay. okay. All right. So oh, we'll start with yay or nay leather grips. Bruce, how do you feel? Okay. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with yay. And, and the reason I say that is because um, the Hickory Golf Society is big here in Pinehurst. And I was just given a set of Hickory, authentic Hickory clubs uh, by my mother-in-law. And they actually had like the world championship here at Mid Pines at these authentic Donald Ross courses. And they have leather wraps on them. You can't get a molded rubber grip around, you know, over these things because, I mean, you would need a massive core bar. Um, but I, I am going to try and figure out a way to um, to get a golf pride grip over one of these hickory sticks. Um, I, I, I it, it just would bother me. Like, I have a problem. I can't go out and play in a tournament unless I'm playing golf pride grips. I mean, they probably fire me or something, right? But <laughs> I am all about leather. I'm all about the history of the game, preserving kind of that 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 history and, and you know, where we came from because golf pride's a big part of that. So absolutely yay on leather grips. So that's that I was just interested because, you know, I, golf pride, to my knowledge, has never made a leather grip. I'd be and I doubt they they would be an eaten kind of makes sense that they wouldn't. But then again, who there? You never know. I am a big yay on leather grips. I personally don't play them. They're a little firm for me. The other problem I have for them is and this is a selling point for most people, but it's not for me. I don't have a lot of issues with holding on to a golf club. And so to me, they're so sticky. I always joke. It's like my kids spilled their applesauce on them or apple juice because they're yeah. like almost tacky and sticky. But that's the selling point. Like you get a leather grip and you take care of it the proper way. I mean, it's sticky. It's tacky. It's all those things. It's just most people don't know it because they pick up grandpa's club from 1930. that has been sitting in a garage for 40 years. Yeah. Let's try it out. But le- I'm a big leather grip fan. I just wouldn't. I'm not going to play them, but they're they're cool. I, I, I'm totally with you. I thought you were going to ask him about a specific brand, like a grip master or somebody who does the like well, exotic leathers. Like the only one, I mean, is there somebody else that does it? Oh, there's Newman okay. leather. There's grip master, but, but you're right. I mean, I, and, and this is, I go back to like, there's a few guys on tour that play these leather grips. I mean, I, most of, there's a couple Australians that play these genuine leather grips. So full credit. I mean, they're still playing them. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible, but, and honestly, I, I give it really full credit because the tour wrap was born out of that. It, the tour wrap is a molded rubber simulated wrap with a scalloping, right? But, but yeah. you know, that that's based off a leather wrap grip, the, the design of it. So yeah. I mean, yes. Yay. Um, I'm a nay. <laughs> I, I'm a nay. So Nick knows this about me. So, it, and I say this, I feel like every episode, but I, I don't eat meat and I try not to wear animals either. Um, and that was something that happened like prior to me going vegetarian. I, I kind of tried to get like move away from leather and animal products and like clothing. And for me, it's kind of the same. So if I can choose an alternative that has the same or better performance and aesthetics, I will always opt for the thing that isn't dead animal. <laughs> so I, I am a big nay. Um, but what I will say is like, so like Paige Sporanic is our brand ambassador and she's a big animal lover. She has a rescue dog. She's just wonderful with animals and she plays kangaroo leather grips. So like it really just depends on what you love and what works for your, your performance. And, um, I get it for me personally. Personally, I'll I'll never know if it's better performance because I'll never put them on my my. What if the animal was an organ donor and decided to donate its skin (laughs) on death for? (laughs) Yeah, Nick, if you can prove it, 
I I may change my stance. Maybe we got a, Maybe we got a company. Maybe maybe that's what it is. This this is the sustainable dead animal group right here. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm a nay. I understand why people are yays though. They do look really nice. Um. All right. Yay or nay? Putting with a golf glove on. Nay. I mean, to me, it's the same thing as um, having iron covers on your irons or that rope that connects your feet. By the way, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you see a lot of pioneers. I've seen that the 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 rope on the head covers that connects, you know, all of your head covers. I mean, I just, um, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh! And to me, like, it's one of those things where it affects feel, right? Because like when you're putting. You, you, I want that communication to, to the like bare skin. I don't, I don't want that layer there. So I'm a complete nay on that. Uh, Bruce, do you guys make grips for ball retrievers? <laughs> it's funny back. <laughs> we, we don't, but back in the day in the sixties, um, you know, it was more of kind of a thing from Eaton corporation, but we got into making grips for a lot of other things, hammers, pool cues, tennis rackets, baseball bats, all of that stuff. So uh, we actually made the, the, uh, and Cass, you won't like this, but the, uh, the grips for the, the horse whips, like Ugh. in secretariat and stuff, you know, yeah. like, the, you know, yeah. So like all of that stuff, we made them for like canes for like blind people. Um, in that movie, scent of a woman, uh, Pacino actually has a, um, it's like a pro only grip that's on his, his retractable cane in the movie. You can see the little kind of golf pride stick man on there, but wow. we don't do that stuff anymore. It's just all about golf grips. So, so it's interesting. You answered that so well. It, it just reminded me too. It, it, you probably haven't heard, you would have never heard this story, Cassie, but you'll appreciate this. We have one of our general managers who one of his friends, wives asked him, Hey, what should I get my husband for? You know, he's a golfer, you're a golfer. They're members at the same clubs. What should I get him for uh, his birthday? She has no idea. And she, he sends him uh, her a link of the iron head covers, a ball retriever, I think that was it. Maybe a brush that hangs on something. And he goes, buy this. And so, you know, she gets all excited, buys it, hands it to him. And he kind of just opens it and go, oh, thanks. Oh. And she, he totally set her up for failure. And it's just, oh, no, every time I hear about iron covers, because it's sorry if you're an iron cover person, but they're ridiculous. They're but, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, on this question, putting with a glove on, I'm a big, I'm with you. I'm a nay. I, I would lie to say that there's occasionally I'm too lazy and don't care about the hole anymore that I'm like, whatever. But yes, I'm a nay. Yeah, same. I, I, I know people who do it um, and they say that there's like feel reasons for it, but it, I'm kind of with you, Bruce, like it takes the feel out of it. And yes. You can't get any responsiveness out of what you're doing. Um, I'm with you though, Nick, there have definitely been holes where I'm just, I'm like triple bogey and don't care. <laughs> Like I just, it's, it's staying on. I'm not spending any more time on this hole than I have to. So, but as a rule, I'm out on that. All right. Yay or nay, the president's cup. Yay. I, um, so, it, you know, with it being at quail, um, hollow this year, um, obviously that's in Charlotte close to us in Pinehurst. I mean, there was a tremendous amount of interest here in the Carolinas and I actually, it's a yay because it was cool to me with, with everything that's going on with, with golf, with the, the, the PJ tour and, and live. And you got to see some fresh faces in there, which I thought was really, really cool. I think it was really, really good for the game. And it was just cool seeing a course that I had played, um, a couple of years ago. I mean, what a tremendous facility. So yay. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I'm a yay. And we talked about it at the beginning of this podcast that, um, you know, a little bit where I agree with you. You got to see some different names. You got to be, it just had a different feel and I was scared of it, but then it turned out pretty good and a little bit yep. more compelling than I expected it to be. And, um, I, I also mentioned earlier that I liked the golf course it was at. So yeah, I'm a yay. Uh, I'm, I guess I'll give it a yay. Cause I watched it, but I'm kind of a meh. Like I'm, I'm halfway between yay and nay because if, if the president's cup went away, I, I would not care. Like I am fully in on the Ryder cup. I'm obsessed with the Ryder cup. I think the personalities in the Ryder cup, both pre and post live. Cause that's obviously going to mess with some things for everybody. I just think that is so much more compelling than the group of men that we can get together from the international team that excludes Europe. So for me, like the president's cup is one of those things while it's great to be able to showcase talent like Adam Scott and some of these other guys that obviously are not from Europe. That's wonderful. But like, I kind of don't care a little. <laughs> so, so I'll give it a yay because anytime you have team tournaments, that's super fun. But at, my real answer is kind of like a big shrug, eh, you know? Okay. All right. We're switching out of golf and into pop culture. So yay or nay horror movies. Oh, complete yay. Yeah, if you ask my wife, I mean, it's <laughs> so one of my, you know, my favorite movies are, the, are actually the old, older horror movies. And, you know, it, really, it was probably a very um, traumatic time in my life. But, you know, I was like 10 or 11 and I saw The Exorcist back uh -huh. in the early 80s, um, which I, I think is one of the most disturbing movies of all time. But I actually Halloween is my favorite um holiday by far i love it and i am all about horror movies but authentic horror movies and, and and really horror movies that are based on some semblance of real life like true crime stuff mm -hmm. i mean i'm sick i mean i just like that stuff i don't know why <laughs> but i do so absolute yay yes i love it yeah i'm a yay and i pretty much ditto what he said i, I like the older stuff better than newer stuff i don't really get to watch it nowadays it's very hard just due to young kids and my wife's not into her movies whatsoever so my ability to even watch them these days are slim to none but you know i grew up watching a lot of those same ones and i i, I agree those were what i believe those were a little bit better or like you get into the saws i kind of like those because that could actually happen Some yeah. of them get a little wild but uh yeah i mean yeah um, I, so Nick knows this. I'm a big yay. I'm the crazy Halloween lady. So, um, Halloween's my favorite holiday. I start decorating for it on September 1st. My husband yells at me every year, even though he's also big into horror movies. Um, I actually go back even further. So like the exorcist is amazing. Um, but I'm on a run of like the old school universal horror. So Bela Lugosi, oh. Boris Karloff, like the mummy, sure. Dracula, invisible man, like that era of thirties and forties horror. I am currently obsessed with it. Um, one of the, <laughs> we actually just watched the mummy last night. I am obsessed. Boris Karloff is an absolute genius. I love him so much, but we, um, decorate for Halloween very aggressively every year, very aggressively. Like we are that couple. And I have not one, but two of the 12 foot skeletons from, uh, Home Depot. And one of them is named Scary Grant as a Cary Grant reference. And the second one is Bela Labonzi as a Bela Lugosi <laughs> reference. So I, when I say that I am into horror movies, that does not even begin to cover the level of into it that I actually am. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I can't wait when we get further into October for the podcast, I'm going to start talking to Nick about all the Halloween decorations that I have up. And I just feel uncomfortable talking about it in September, but just wait until next podcast, Nick. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that bad. I think you got to start right now. That way you get a full like month out of them. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cassie, if you talk to our chairman, Joe Lee, he put one of those 12 inch or 12 foot skeletons in his front. His his wife is a crazy Halloween lady, too. And he was complaining to me that he had to put up this 12 foot skeleton. He took a picture (laughs) of it and he goes, hey, I'm going to. And we were joking. He's like, I'll just have you steal it at some point. That way she just thinks it got stolen. (laughs) She's just going to spend another four hundred dollars on a new one. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that's going to happen. Oh, Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, last one, kind of the same general theme, but yay or nay, sweater weather. Absolutely. Yay. Yeah. And we don't I mean, like I said, I grew up in Michigan. So, I mean, that was kind of the cool part of the fall was you kind of change your wardrobe. And I mean, I love going out to play golf and you have slacks and a sweater and maybe mid run you peel it off, but maybe it's a sweater vest. I mean, I love sweater vest. Um, but you don't get that much of a chance down here in Pioneers to do that. But yeah, whenever I get the chance, I have a sweater on right now. I mean, they turn the air conditioning down in the office and I'm rocking sweaters. So I am all about the sweater weather and playing golf in sweaters, good looking sweaters, ones that are like properly fit, not these big baggy ones that, you know, just hang down to your knees. I'm not, I'm not that guy. So it's got to be nice premium, like some Peter Millar stuff, something like that. And I'm all, all about it. Love that. I'm also a yay. I mean, this is my favorite time of year. Uh, I'm also a hunter, which, uh, so this is hunting season and I love just, I love, I think the golf courses are pretty well being in Chicago. I think they're pretty right now, but even if you were down at Pinehurst or somewhere, it's, it's just a great time to golf all over and you don't, you, you know, you're not sweating. You're just, you have, and you get to, like you said, well, I'm a big guy. So having a nice sweater that can hide a little gut is nice too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Huge fan. I am a huge yay, but not because I'm trying to hide my body as much as I am trying to be outside and smell like how we, we said it earlier. We we recorded the first part of the podcast just a little bit earlier when it was colder outside. It's like crisp and wonderful and it smells like leaves. And there's something about it, especially for me. I'm still this is I, I don't mean this offensively, but I'm still young enough that when I walk outside in the middle of September, it smells like the first day of school. Like there's some visceral reaction there where it's sure. like, oh, it feels like the start of something really fresh. And I'm one of those like nerdy kids that actually liked going to school. So for me, that's a positive association. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people like some of our fitters are listening and being like, why would you want that? Um, But for me, it's just the most wonderful feeling. And and you brought up golf. I love being able to golf in this weather because I don't feel uncomfortable. I don't feel like I'm sweating. I don't feel like I have to slather on, you know, sunscreen. I don't feel like I'm going to go home and like, I'm like stuck to my Jeep seats when I get in and like drive home. This is the perfect weather for me to not only really enjoy the game of golf, but also enjoy being outdoors. And it's, yep. I, I would do it all year round if I could. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the one thing I, I I could never get into is there's two things, you know, wearing the, the like under armor kind of second skin with a golf shirt over it. I'd rather wear a sweater mm-hmm. and I will never wear a turtleneck. Cause I just, there's something about kind of having that up under your chin. Like I can't play golf in that. No way. Uh, yeah. That is weird. Nick, I don't so. think I've ever seen you in a turtleneck. Do you own turtlenecks? No, I don't do turtlenecks. No, but <laughs> I, I do a lot. I do do. It. I'm a huge. I'm a huge hoodie person. I'm a huge. Whether they're heavy or light, I'm a huge hoodie person, and I do like a good, like fitted, like Millar, like what he's wearing right here. But nobody can see that. Just a nice. <laughs> and then, but or you know, I actually, and I know this is an outdated look, like a long sleeve polo. Okay. That's not that outdated. Yeah, that's advanced. It's a little outdated. They're somewhat hard to find sometimes, but I'm I can find them every once in a while, and they're actually not too bad. Yeah, I like that. That's almost kind of like rugby style, kind of. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I like it. Classy. It is. Okay. (laughs) 
Awesome. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for spending time with us. We obviously love working with you guys. We love working with Golf Pride and we love seeing the new innovations that you um, allow us to show to our customers. And obviously our customers love you guys as well. So thank you so much for spending some time with us. And if you guys have anything fun coming up in the future, we'll be sure to share it with our listeners. Well, thanks so much. You're very welcome. I enjoyed the conversation and uh, you guys were great. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Fits with the Founder. Remember to rate, review and subscribe to support the show. And if you want more equipment content, follow Club Champion on Instagram. 